0: So, like I said, it's good for you. I do want to invite up Jeff Singletary. Jeff, come on up, and uh, let's give him a welcome. And I get to uh, uh, to meet and to uh, talk with um, Jeff, uh, I don't know, what, nine months ago, about nine, ten months ago, and um, he is the, uh, I know the titles are changing, the roles are changing a little bit, but we want to call him kind of the, the Florida um, Baptist Convention, the Central Region Catalyst, oversees about, what, 950 some odd churches right now, all the way from Tampa, all the way over here to the East Coast and up to almost Jacksonville, Now where the, the regions are changing, right. but uh, that w- a lot of churches. And they have a goal to be just right beside us in ministry. So he, he tries to get out and, and just interact with and meet and um, go to as many churches as he can in one year. And you know how many Sundays there are. On. There's 52 Sundays in a year and only 950 churches he's trying to oversee. But um, we're privileged, to, I'm privileged to, to have Jeff. As, we are one of those churches for this year, and he's here to, to bring the word this morning. and. Um, and I'm just thankful for, for him and the Florida Baptist Convention and their, their being right beside us in, in what we're doing. So welcome, Jeff.
1: Pastor, it's good to be with you this this morning. And to True Life, it is good to, it is truly a blessing to be with you this morning. I count it a joy and a privilege to be with you. And I uh, have pastored for uh, 22 years in Tampa. I was uh, in the Area of structural engineering for 20 years, and and so it's a joy to be able to do what God has blessed me to do today. And uh, as Pastor said, uh, you know we have a little about almost a thousand churches in this region that oversee, and uh, and so to be with you this morning is a treat for me to be here. I uh, I'm excited and delighted. Let me pray and get after it because I was told that you guys are out of you walk out of here at 11 and. And I know, you know, you're Baptist and you're Southern Baptist. You're just not black Baptists, And so I'm going to need to speed up. <laughs> so, uh, but it's a joy to be with you this morning. So let me pray and we'll get after it. Father, we thank you and we praise you this morning for, Lord, just the privilege, the joy to be able to, to share with the people of God. God, we just asked this morning, God, that you would open our hearts, open our minds. God, to the truth of thy word, and thy word is truth, from Genesis to Revelation. And so, Father, we ask that, God, that you would give us ears to hear, give us hearts that are open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then, Father, when it's all said and done, that, Father, we'll be careful to give you the praise, the glory and the honor that you so richly deserve. For we ask all these things in Christ's precious name, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. You know, Christmas, Christmas is my favorite time of the year. Uh, For many reasons, I enjoy the Christmas. In fact, uh, I enjoy the the songs of Christmas. Uh, I enjoy the season of Christmas. I'm a little little bit disappointed at Christmas time, most of the time, because I'm a Christmas baby. I was born December 20th, that's a hint. I, I was born December 20th. And, 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 and anybody in here, any December babies here? All right, okay. What, what, what's your, what, what, what day? 28th. The 5th. 15th. The 5th. Wow, wow. Let me ask you, how many of you have had birthday parties in December? <laughs> there you, see, you see my problem. You feel my pain. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, you know, I wanted to move my birthday to another month because I, I just never had a Christmas party, I never had a birthday party. And my mom would always say, "Well, it's too close to Christmas." Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> you know, and I would say, you know, I, I mean, i would saying, Mom, you know, I, I never had a birthday present. It was always, "This is your Christmas and your birthday present," but wait until Christmas to open it. <laughs> I grew up, y'all. I, 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 I'm still in recovery. Y'all pray for the preacher. Christmas is an awesome time of the year. I love Christmas. The songs, the hymns, great theology, the great messages of Christmas. But this morning, I I, I want to talk about the message of Christmas, the heart of Christmas. Christmas, the day that that Christ was born, the night, you see, it it was a holy night. It was a silent night. The night, that Christ was born when all was right. You see, this morning, we, we are the people, the people of God. And we are called, that have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. And therefore, as the people of God, we, we have been called to, called out, called on, picked out to be picked on. As the people of God, we are called to be, to be different. To be different. Uh, we are to walk to a different beat, uh, a different cadence, a different order, a different level, a different command. We, as the people of God, we are simply to be we ought to be different. We ought to be different than the world. Just said, we've been called out to be picked on. You see, the world ought to see us as, as Christians, as the people of God. The world ought to see us a little bit strange. A little bit strange. You see, because we have been called to swim upstream in a downstream society. We've been called to go not with the grain, but against the grain. We've been called to, to, to rise above the tide, not to go with the tide. We're called to, to, to live above the fray in this life. And so we are to be, to be different. We are we're called to be the people of God, but not just to be God, the holy, holy. We are called to be holy people of God in an unholy world. You see, Jesus was born to empower us, uh, to give us victory and authority over the sin, over the forces of sin. In our lives and in this world, He came to give us victory—victory victory over sin and over death. He came to to set us free from the things that enslave us, the things that encapted us. He came to to make unholy people holy. He came to make un, unacceptable people acceptable to the Father. He came to give us access to the Father. The night that Christ was born. You see, we live in a world time can be very, very, very dark. You See, when it gets dark, it gets cold. When it gets cold, people become callous. And too much someone have said it, that, that today the church of Jesus Christ looks too much like the world. It mirrors the world. You see, but that's why Christ came into the world, to make a difference. I want us to see this morning, the night that our Savior was born, was a night like no other nights. In the midst of the darkness of the night, there was a light that was bright and radiant. It it, It glowed in the darkness. It was a holy night. It was an ordained night. It was a night orchestrated by God Almighty was a night. The night, all that surrounded the night was holy. It started with a holy God. It was orchestrated by God. It started with the holy God, the holy trinity, holy angels, holy messengers, (coughs) holy people. Yes, even the creatures were holy. The accommodations, holy. There were two sets of people, of families, two parents, holy and righteous parents, that involved two, two sons: one a human, the other divine. One the savior, the other a servant. One sent and the other one went. One a forerunner and other a sin barrier. One born with water, the other with the Spirit. Both born with the Holy Spirit. One had the Spirit of Elijah and the other the Spirit of the Father upon him. I want us to see two two distinct families in the Christmas story. The Christmas story, it, it surrounds family. It's about family. It's what we are today. We're the family of God. I want us to see two distinct families. One family was was of a priestly order. The second was of a peasant order. A peasant order. The first family of the priestly order was Zacharias, Elizabeth, and John. Uh, Priests. Priestly order. They were of a royal order. But then there's another family of a peasant order that's Joseph and Mary and Jesus you see one from a high religious order and the other from a low social order one was of royalty and the other was on bending knees isn't it interesting that, that, that Jesus that in his birth God chose to identify with the poor the disenfranchised The Lord, he chose to identify with those who had nothing, those who were thought to be nothing. In his birth, he chose to identify with the common man, the common woman, boy and girl. We see, if we was choosing, if we had the power to choose about our birth of our son or our daughter, we wouldn't choose that. We would would make another choice. My brother said, because we're selfish. It's all about me. It's all about me. If it's to be, it must be me. Yes. Yes. You've heard it. You know what's true. The three most important things in life is what? Me, myself. Oh, I knew you knew it. You see, but there, they were, there were a priestly, a priestly parent. They were priestly parents. Uh, Zach and Elizabeth, they were p- uh, priestly parents, but not perfect parents. Aren't you glad that, that this morning, that, that in order for your children to turn out okay, in order for your children to grow up and become well and just, it doesn't require perfect parents. Newsflash, newsflash. No such thing as perfect parents. I don't know about you, but I rejoice of that. Listen to me. Look with me at our text this morning. As we see this, as parents, this first order of parents, this priestly order of parents, priestly, not perfect. John and Luke chapter one, verse, verse five, Luke chapter one, verse five says, in the day of Herod, the king of Judah, There was a priest named Zacharath. He belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, who was a descendant of Aaron. Listen to me. See, they both was of the priestly lineage. They both was from preachers. They both was from the royal uh, Leviticus priesthood. Listen to me. Verse six says both of them was righteous in the sight of God, observing the Lord's commandment and decrees blamelessly. Let me just park there for a minute. Here was a a family. <laughs> a husband and a wife. They were, the Bible said this is not what they said about themselves. That they were not doing a selfie. <laughs> this is not the their commentary on themselves. It's what God said. See the question is not what you say about you. It's what does God say about you. God said that they were Righteous, God said that they were blameless, not sinless, blameless. Yeah. See, the Bible don't do selfies. Yeah, I keep telling folks all the time. You know, you know, we 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 big on Facebook, and I know you got two thousand friends on Facebook. You know, I, I you know the best Facebook I know. You know, we we would the world will be better. We would do better if we would take our face out of that book and put our face in His book. listen to what he says here's a couple sold out to you they're not just church goers they they they're just not you know long in time he says that they were yet yeah, they were they were righteous they were blameless see when you, here's what we think we think when you do things the right way, when you do all the things you're supposed to, when you, when, you, when, you, when you hit all the bogus you're supposed to, things are supposed to work out for you. Things are supposed to work out. When you do it right, it's supposed to work right, right? right, right. Not always. They were righteous and blameless but childless. The thing they wanted the most, they didn't have. You see, that's what we think today. And then we start tripping with God. We start tripping with God. We're like, hey, hang on, God. Hang on, God. I've been doing, I've been doing everything right. I did everything you told me to do. I did everything with the book. And God tell me why this is not working out for me then. I tell you what, God, if you don't, if you don't hurry up and fix this thing, I'm gonna punch out, Pastor. I won't be back. If you don't, God, if you don't hurry and fix my problem, I'm gonna tell you, I'm done with you. Hello, Walls. Isn't that how we live? You ain't got long to get it right, preacher or Jesus. Because we live in a microwave kind of society. I wanted it yesterday. They grown old, waiting on a promise. But they stayed true to the cause. Yeah. Yeah. Notice the text says, hear me what I've said, come to say to you today is that A promise delayed is not a promise denied. You see, verse 7 says "But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And they were both very old. You see, back then, people married young. Can I take a, a station break? You know why people got married young back then? So they can live holy. See, the longer you wait, the more you play. The longer you wait. See, people today are waiting longer to get married. Let me ask you, are they being celibate? Are they pledging celibacy? What are they doing? See, it was what kind of night was it? It was a holy night. Yeah. Yeah. They got married young with an expectation of a family. Family back then was important. Very, very, very important. Now they're old and they're without a child. But yet they stayed faithful. Oh, that's what we need today in America. That's what we need today in the church of Jesus Christ. People who will be faithful. You see, the Bible says, even when I'm unfaithful, he remains faithful. Faithful in a world that's gone mad. He says, look at the text. Once Zachary's division was on duty, he was serving... As a priest before God, he was chosen by lots according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of burning the incense came, all this were assembled, worshiping and praying outside. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, fear not. Fear not. I love that. I I love that. You see, the angel said to, to Joseph, the angel said to Zechariah, fear not. The angel said to Mary, fear not. The angel said to Joseph, fear not. The angel said to the shepherd, fear not. You see, God's word for you this morning is fear not. Fear not. Did you not know, did you know that there are 365 verses in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, 365 times. God says, fear not, fret not, worry not, because God says, I got you covered from head to toe, body and soul, from earth to eternity. I've got you covered. Fear not. You know why? Because we are people driven by fear. We are a people that have a propensity to fear. We fear our jobs. We fear, we fear the doctor's report. We fear the lawyer report. We fear our neighbor. We are people driven, controlled by fear. God's word for you this morning. Fear not. See, because if he said, fear not, fret not, worry not. Why, preacher? Because if you are because you're not trusting. And if you're trusting, you're not worrying. And so God says, fear not. Fear not. Did you know that was the message of Christmas? Every time, the whole Christmas story is surrounded by the, the term, fear not. And so he said to Zachary, he said, Zachary, fear not. Fear not. I've got this thing under control. He says, Zachareth, your prayers have been answered, have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and will call him John and he will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. Remember, remember, they were of the priestly order, not perfect. Priestly, not perfect. Look at verse 18. Zachareth asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? See, even preachers have doubt. How can I be sure? He's a righteous man. He, he, he's, a, he's a holy man. He's simply not a complete man. How can I be sure? Listen to what he says. For I am old. See, he's still holding on to that thing. I am old now, and my wife is well along in years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ain't, I ain't the young buck I used to be. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you missed this thing by a couple of years. Things have changed if you didn't know. He says, he said, and the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Now now listen to me. He is standing in the presence of a divine being. Questioning a divine message. He says, I am Gabriel. (laughs) I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent. Not able to speak until the day this happened, because you did not believe my words, which I, which will come true at the appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachary and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them about, but remain unable to speak. When this time, his time of service was complete, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. There's something there. I won't go there, but he may have had doubt, but he went home with faith. <laughs> he, he said, yeah, some of y'all get that later. Don't worry about it. He, he, he said, he, "He, he, his wife became pregnant after five months and remained in seclusion." The Lord had, has done this, for me. Ah! <laughs> That's what Elizabeth said. The Lord has done this, for me. In those, in these days, He has shown favor and taken away my disgrace, among my people. You see, it was a priestly couple a priestly couple produced had a prophetic son a prophetic son named John look at verse 15 Luke chapter 1 verse 15 says and he will be great in the sight of the Lord and he is never to take wine or any other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and in the power of Elijah to turn the heart of the parents to the children and the disobedient to wisdom of righteousness and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. A priestly couple, prophetic child. Remember, we said there's two couples. Look at the next couple. A peasant. A peasant parent. Peasant parents not mature parents. He says in in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 says, now this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together Lord have mercy Jesus. Before they came together she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her publicly disgraced. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. You see, in our context today, we would simply say that, that, that they were they had been engaged. That, 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 but more than engaged, uh, and not only had he giving her a promise reign, not only that he made a commitment, but they had been betrothed. They, they were living and acting like they were man and wife. They were living and like, like they were husband and wife. The only thing they were not doing was living together. Isn't that a trip? Yeah. See, today in our culture today, we're okay with moving in. We're okay with shacking up we okay with samping the goods. Even in the church. Even as Christians. We don't see any problem. What's wrong, Pastor? Well, everybody doing it. We just moved in. Because we're trying to cut costs before we get married. So we can afford a bigger wedding. Really? Really? Yeah. You see, the text says that, you say, how do you know that? He See, Joseph said, there's a problem with Mary. You see, I love Mary very dearly, but I love, I love the Lord more than I love Mary. That ain't, that ain't how we roll anymore. That ain't how we roll more. We, we roll, I love him more than I love anybody else. I don't care what my parents say. I don't care what my daddy say. I don't care what the preachers say. It's what I want to do. You know what we say? Oh, don't get quiet on the preacher this morning. Oh, boy, you know what? You know, that in my neighborhood, you know, we'll say you could know, hear a rat lick cheese. <laughs> Y'all so quiet up in here acting like the preacher don't know what he's talking about. Oh, I know. Oh, I know what I'm talking about now. They were betrothed. They were engaged. You know what the guy said? I gave you the ring, so it's okay now. If you really love me, you'll prove it to me. You know what I've learned? I've learned love can wait. Lust can't. Yeah, love, wait. Lust can't. Lust burning up. Yeah. Where I'm from, can I I just translate for a moment? Where I'm from, we say if if you get the milk free, why buy the cow? They was willing to wait. You see, it was a holy night. It was a, because they were holy people living in an unholy world. They had the same pressures that you have today. They had the same temptation that you have today. They're just making different choices. The night that Christ so preached, pastor, they wish you was preaching this morning. <laughs> He says, "The night, the night that Christ was born." Notice, notice, notice. Verse twenty. Jo- Joseph said, I, "I'm gonna." I, he was thinking about it. Been praying about it. He'd been cogitating on this thing. Joseph said, that I have no, Mary, you left me no choice for what you did." She said, "No, Joseph, you don't understand. I didn't do this." The guy, yeah, yeah. I know. I. I'm gonna have to put you away, but I'm gonna do it quiet. So as he went to cogitate and to pray on how to do this, the Lord spoke to him. Look at verse 20. And after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, what? Do not be afraid. afraid. What was Joseph afraid of? Joseph was afraid of what the people were going to say. Isn't that what we're afraid of a lot of time? What the people are going to say. You ought to care less about what people say and more about what God says. Amen. Joseph said, he said, do not be afraid. Take Mary where? <laughs> See, he didn't say, go get the rest of her stuff. Because <laughs> she hadn't moved in yet. Take Mary home. Take Mary home, he says, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You see, they were acting like husbands and wife, but they were not living together. Today, sometimes in the church, we we live together and we're not acting like husbands and wife. See, that's, he was holy, that's unholy. The text says, verse 21, and she will give birth. To a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. You see, two peasants, two people who didn't have much, two people who wasn't thought to be much, made much of God. They made much of God. They had peasant parents, perfect sons. Name Jesus. Look at the text. Verse, uh, verse 22, Matthew 1 verse 22 says this here. He says and all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Watch this, verse 23, the virgin. You know that used to be a beautiful word 50 years ago. Today, it's not a beautiful word. Virgin. Virgin. Today, it's, we scowl at it. You are what? Come on, girl, get with the program. Get with the program. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him... Emmanuel. Now, I, I, I feel like shouting right now. Oh, if, if I was in, in my church, we would have a time right about now. Yes, sir, I couldn't contain myself. You see, we don't get who came to earth. This was God encased in human flesh. It was God who stepped out of eternity into time. Who clothed himself in the form of a man. That was born in a, in a manger. That was God. The God who hewed out the sea. The God who slung the stars in the silver sand. The God who started the earth to rotate on its axis. That's who that was in that manger. Oh, well, we don't get it. Yeah. The night that Christ was born all eternity held their breath because God became man why because God so loved you yeah. that he came down because we couldn't go up he was hung up for all of our hang ups, he burned and he died that you and I might have a right to the tree of life. They shall call him Emmanuel, God with us. Divinity intersected with humanity, and we beheld. Son of God. He said, and behold, we beheld the glory of God encased in human flesh. Listen to me. I got to close. Notice, verse 24 says, when John woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife. Look at verse 25. And he did not consummate their marriage until she had given birth to the son. You see, you see, they were they were disciplined before they got married, and they were disciplined afterwards. He restrained himself before, and now he restrains himself once again. Faithful obedient to the Lord, to the Lord. He says, and give him the name Jesus. It was a holy night because the people were holy and right. It's always a holy night when we do what is right. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't matter how dark the night or how bleak the night may be. Do what is right, and it will be a holy night, and the sun will shine in the morning, beloved. This is why he is holy. Isaiah said, one Isaiah six twenty says, and one cried unto another the an- the fairer and the cherubims cried one to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Beloved, this is what he requires. A holy God requires and demands holiness from his people. First Peter chapter 1 verse 15 and 16 says, but just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all you do for it is written, be holy because I am Holy 1 Peter 2, 5 says, you also, like living stones, are being built together in a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and offering spiritual sacrifice acceptable to to God through Jesus Christ. A holy God requires a holy offering. Uh, He wants us to increase our giving, but he wants us to increase it with righteousness and righteous living he's more concerned about the state of our heart than he is the state of our bank account he says first peter first peter 29 says but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation listen to me today brothers and sisters the problem in the world today the problem in the world today is not who's in the White House. It's who's in the Lord's house. The problem is not what sinners do because sinners do what sinners do, sinners sin. The problem in the world today is not with the not with the White House, but with the Lord's house. The problem is because Christians are not doing what Christians ought to do. Because we're not living the way He's called us to live. He says, He says to us, First Peter says so, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special possession, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 1 Peter 3, 11 says, and since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought we to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. Beloved, 2 Peter 1.3 says, everything we need, everything we need to live holy, to live righteous, God has already given to us. We simply have to make a choice. Simply have to make a decision. Last verse. Second Peter 1.3 says, his divine power, his, you, can't, you can't do it on your own You and I, we are powerless to pull this thing off. We are powerless to do, he said, but his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glorious, his glory and good. Listen to me as I close this morning. God, Christmas, the night that Christ was born, It was a holy night. It was a beautiful night. It was a peaceful night. All the stars were bright. As I close this morning, I think about a story that I heard one day some years ago about a man who was on a farmhouse and it was a blizzard that night. A blizzard that night. And he was sitting around his fireplace reading a book and he heard something, something chirking at the window, something pecking on the window. And he looked and, and he saw a little bird pecking up against the window. Because the bird, in the midst of the blizzard, the bird saw the light in the farmhouse. The bird sensed the warmth radiating from the window. And the bird was trying to get in, but the glass. Prevented him. And and so the farmer knew, he knew he instantly, this bird's going to die in this blizzard. I've got to do something to help this bird. The farmer went and he opened the barn. He started a fire in the barn. But every time he tried to get the bird to come in, the the closer with the bird, the bird would fly away. And the closer, the the, the more the farmer advanced, the, the bird would retreat farther and farther and farther into the darkness, farther and farther into the blizzard. And the farmer knew he wasn't going to make it much longer. And the farmer thought to himself, what can I do? This bird is going to die if I don't do something. What can I do? I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, the farmer had a thought. A thought hit his cranium. A thought hit his brain. he said, if I could only become a bird, if I could become a bird, I could show him. I could show her the way to safety. I could communicate to this bird, I mean you no harm. I could communicate to the bird, I simply want to help you. I want to show you the way to safety, the way to warmth, the way to life. And then the farmer had another thought. Isn't that the reason Jesus came? Isn't that the reason Jesus came because one day in eternity past, the Trinity had a conference that man needed help. That man needed a God on his side. And Jesus said, prepare me a body and I'll go down and I'll bring man back to God. Beloved, that's why he came so we can come yeah. for god so loved you for god so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever whosoever believeth in him might have eternal life. You can have eternal life in Jesus Christ. He came to show us the way home. I don't know about you, but it's cold out there. And it's getting darker by the day. Somebody ought to come home. You see, Dorothy said, Dorothy taught us that there's There's no place like home. Christmas is a good time to come home because home is where you belong. Would you stand with me this morning? Perhaps the Lord is speaking to your heart this morning. Perhaps you've been away from home. Perhaps you need a home. I want to simply encourage you this morning. Come home. Come home. Come home to Jesus. I know your mother loves you. You know your dad loves you. You hope your boyfriend loves you. You hope your girlfriend loves you. But can I tell you something this morning? The one who knows you the best loves you the most. The one who knows you the best loves you the most. There's nothing about who you are, there's nothing that you can tell him that he doesn't already know. The one who knows you the best loves you the most. And today he's simply calling you Come home. I've already paid the price. I've already been sacrificed. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. As we sing today, if you hear, if you step out, he'll step in and new life you say preach what, 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 what are they going to think when I walk that hour, when I come down care less about what they think more about what he thinks you ought to come home to your father If you're here today today is your day you come come be a part